Hello, and my name is Peter Rushmer, and I'm your host today of a Half Dozen Things podcast. Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners and professionals just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success or you're already smashing it but want to continue to level up, we're here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. Just real, frank and raw conversations. So in today's episode, I'm talking about the six best areas for becoming an external transport manager. This is a live that I did this week on LinkedIn and Facebook, and I hope that you get great value from it. If you're a transport manager and you're thinking to go out on your own, hopefully you'll learn from my experiences. Keep an ear out next week. I'm running a live on Monday with Leslie O'Brien, OBE, and I'm also running a live on Wednesday with Poonam, who's a chartered physiotherapist. I'm really looking forward to those, so I hope you do tune in. Anyway, do enjoy this episode and take care. Catch you soon. Good morning, everyone. Uh, yeah, good morning. It is 11 o'clock. Uh, hello and welcome to this live stream. Six steps to becoming an external transport manager. Uh, are you considering becoming an external transport manager or uh, as an operator, have you considered bringing one into your business? Um, to support with compliance, this this is for you. So, what does a great external transport manager look like? Well, one of the things that uh, in the Facebook groups that I was speaking to, and I asked a few questions for what other people thought here, but a really important thing about being a transport manager and being a good transport manager is actually it doesn't just come with passing the exam. Sorry to say that, guys, but I see lots of people who have just passed the exam and are going out trying to gain clients, but it might not be the right thing to do. Um, it's so important to make sure that um, you know you get that experience, you get a mentor, get someone who's really good in the game. They know what they're doing, um, and and you know it might not be the best to listen to Joe Bloggs, who's been in the industry for ages and is just like a bit tired with life and a bit tired with the role. But find someone who's dynamic, who knows what they're doing, and um, you know really wants to get on and and, and show and share with you sort of all the different pitfalls because actually being a transport manager, there's so many of them there to trip you up and it's such an important role for an operator and it's such an important role for you as well that you need to really protect yourself in the right way and make sure you get that learning and development. You know, I see all the time people saying, um, what's the cheapest operator CPC course? Well, that might not be the right answer either because you know what, it's, it's a bloody tough exam as many people will tell you and, and many people fail uh, certain certainly different parts of the exam as well. So that can be a real challenge. It's not just about getting that exam passed. It's uh, it's particularly tricky. And uh, and obviously, once you're qualified, you've got to get that experience under your belt so that you can really make sure that you're adding value to operators. Because otherwise, otherwise you get involved in this race to the bottom. And in, in the transport managers groups uh, on Facebook, there's lots of them and, and different transport managers I speak to, there's often this uh, conversation around rates and stuff like that. And do you know what actually it's about it's about delivering value for people and taking away their headaches so um one of the things uh, uh one of the other session se- sections sorry i'll get my words out eventually about this was so what does a tra- external transport manager look like well an external transport manager 
if they're self-employed, is going to be someone who has been a transport manager for a period of time. Uh, they've developed themselves. They've done lots of CPD, so continuing professional development. Uh, a great uh, a great transport manager will um, make sure that you know they're, they're continually learning, they're continually evolving, sharpening the saw. And it's not just ne necessarily about the technical competence, it's also about the leadership qualities as well. And being able to have good quality conversations with uh, drivers and, and team members as well, because the transport manager role is what I call a 360 role. So it's as much about managing the operator and the directors of the business as what it is about managing the drivers as well about making sure to maintain that expectation all the way through is it's a really really important part of the role so it's not just about passing the exam you've also got to make sure that you're able to really manage well expectations across the business and obviously make sure that you can uphold standards to uh, the dbsa and the traffic commissioner as well okay so yeah that's what an external transport manager would look like now they cut they come in various forms and i've come across different types of external transport managers they're people who um, are self, what I call self-employed. So um, people who decide, right, that's what I'm going to do and I'm going to go off and do that and I'm going to do a bit of freelance CPC training, for example. I've got a lot of experience there and I feel I can add value to drivers in that way. They might decide to start a consortium. That's fine, um, going that self-employed route. Um, however, one of the other things I'd say to consider, the route that I've taken is slightly different, which is about trying to build a business and build a brand flagship partners we're a business we don't just operate in the transport sector we've got clients from other sectors too we offer a range of training and health and safety and hr solutions to to businesses of different sizes you know one of our one of our clients is a major restaurant chain who we do first aid training for so it's just a consideration that as a transport manager you're always limited to four operators and to 50 vehicles so you need to consider that actually, is that going to be enough to build a business on? Do you, do you need to look at the other avenue streams to actually build a business and build a brand? But there's a whole different life to be done, I suppose, when it comes to building a business. It's around understanding who your client base is going to be, who do you want to serve? What does your ideal customer look like? It isn't just about taking Joe Bloggs off the street and going, oh, he signed, you know, he's just applied for two vehicles. I'll be his external transport manager and that's going to be my business. Um, I think uh, there's a lot more. There's a lot more to consider than than that. OK, so uh, I'll come on to insurances later. Actually, what now whilst I'm thinking about it, let's talk about that. One of the things you're going to need to think about if you're going to set up on your own doing this. And, and this is a word of warning to those full time people employed who are doing a bit of transport management on the side is have you got your public liability insurance? Have you got your professional indemnity insurance? Obviously, if you've got employees, you're going to need that as well. But it's really, really important as a business. We've got like five million pound coverage on professional indemnity. Um, if you're giving advice to people, you need to make sure that you've got that coverage. So make sure you're professional and you've got that that sorted as well. OK, so uh, the second area was around uh, how to select transport operators to work with. Well, Transport operators come in all shapes and sizes and all types of operation. And that's one of the reasons I absolutely love the transport sector because it is so varied. You've got waste and recycling, you've got home removals, you've got general haulage, container work, you know, tippers. There's so many different types of businesses and, um, you know, they come in all sizes and, and shapes. And obviously the directors are all different as well. And um, that, that's something I love. And I'm really, really passionate about small smaller operators who you know what they're working and busting a gut 
it's really hard to make a living doing it and and actually you know transport operators who have got anywhere between five and 25 30 40 vehicles actually have what i would class as quite a high level of business risk okay and and this is the thing to understand when when you're selecting transport operators to work with and how confident you are that you can add value to those because the, the 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 transport managers who add the most value and can support operators the best and resolve their headaches for them are the ones that are going to get the best business okay so you know it's fine if you're if 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 when you look at it as a transport manager and you want to operate with new startups or, or people who might be struggling to stay compliant and that sort of thing and they've got maybe one or two vehicles that that's fine if that's what you want to do but if you want to attract um operators who who are who are who are bigger or you have a broad range of different operators that you you want to work with it's really important to um, understand the level of risk and essentially those operators who are employing drivers running many vehicles um, they've got huge overheads fuel cost driver wages the cost of the vehicles and then on top of that there's all the risk involved with the contracts you've got the risk with um, making sure that the, the work providers are kept happy, making sure that drivers are doing what they need to be doing, making sure that the vehicles are well maintained. Um, and it, there's not just the transport management risk there. You've also got risks from a, from a employment retention or ER point of view and an HR point of view, as well as a health and safety as well, because accidents can happen at any time. So there's lots and lots of stuff in that melting pot that, do you know what, is, is actually quite stressful and actually bears quite a lot of risk. So. I suppose that's the second area is working out what operators do you want to work with and who, who you want to help in that way. So what transport operators really want from their external transport manager, I guess I alluded to that in the second area. I would say of my experience, it's that vehicle operators have businesses to run. Okay. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not engaged with compliance because the compliance is an element of that. But what, what I believe a transport operator wants is they want that they want someone who they can trust, um, someone who they have confidence in, and, and someone who, not just to do the job, but also isn't just gonna share their secrets with anyone, and they're not gonna, you know, they're gonna get an insight into their business, but they're not gonna go spouting about it. So always make sure that you keep your operator's confidence is, is one real big bit of advice, because do you know what, if you get if you get known for being a tittle-tattler in the, in the industry, then, um, your name's going to be muck and, and no one's going to want to deal with you basically which is fair enough because who wants you know who wants to let someone into their business that's going to go telling everyone what they're up to and that sort of thing so i'll be very careful um who you speak to that's something that's really important to me as a as, as a as a transport manager and as a consultant going into operators and making sure that you know i keep their confidence and and that we i only discuss their business with them and it's not anyone else's business that we discuss okay um don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with bringing examples in of potentially other cases that you're aware of, but not you would never share you'd never share who that is or what they what that is. You'd just share the knowledge that you've gained from that experience. Okay. So um, but yeah, transport operators, I would say, you know, obviously speak to them. One of the things I always ask is I have a, a consultation initially and it's like, well, what are you looking for and how can I help? And what what are your pinch points and what are your pressures and what are your strains? Because understanding that helps you to understand where the uh, where the real value is that you can bring in okay so uh, around the documents that you need to prepare
compare. This also came up in as part of the uh, the feed as well uh, when I when I asked the question of other transport managers. It's a really good investment of your time to make sure that you've got great quality documentation to be able to prepare and to share with your clients. And I think that's a given that you'd be able to help uh, operators with uh, making sure that they've got, got good documentation. One of the things I see quite regularly in our sector is I see contracts that are one or two pages uh, thick and I see contracts that are like 30 pages thick. And what has often happened over time is those contracts have been butchered. So we're just initially talking about employment contracts, for example. Those contracts have been butchered and bits have been bolted on and what have you. Um, and it, it's vitally important that we get that employment contract right and the driver handbook right to two really core areas. And actually, they're not necessarily going to be universal documents that you use with one client and you use with another. So I would recommend, whilst I'm talking about documentation, I, I really recommend looking at your partner network and connecting with great quality HR professionals, health and safety professionals and employment law people too. Um, I would say that's a really beneficial thing to look at your network and, and speak to those people, okay? Because you need people on hand to be able to look at that because whilst passing the operator CPC will help you remain compliant from a, from a DVSA and legislative point of view there, actually are you serving the, uh, your, your client and operators properly with helping them with making sure that employment contracts are right are you making sure that the health and safety policy and documentation is right because that does form part of it as well okay so have a look at your documentation and understand that you're going to need a great audit document so one of the first things i recommend when you go into an existing operator is to do do an audit so um, i would look to um, speak to possibly the RHA or Logistics UK and just sort of see what that is. You, you, I have seen them created themselves, um, but one of the things that I've done and or my audit document has been subject to a couple of times is it has been seen by DVSA examiners and it's been seen by um, uh, by, by the Traffic Commissioner and, and, and is sort of been accepted as a as a good good audit good quality audit document that meets the requirements. It, it's really good to go online. All of the information is readily available there. So that time invested in looking online and looking at the different expectations is really useful. And you'll gather documentation as you go. It's really important that you refer back to that and make sure that you're continuously improving. And as you as you find things, as you come across things as you're working, um, to add those to um, add those to your your suite of documents that you've got for people. But I definitely make sure that your health and safety policy and, and details are there and able for you to use and edit for your operator as you need them. And also that you have a, a good employment contract, you have a good audit document. So um, there's those. Also make sure you have good template letters. So you need to have a nice process for following through any challenges that you may have with, uh, with drivers as well. So you've got like a nice clear process that you follow with templated letters that work properly, um, as well as absence procedures and and uh, other necessity uh, uh, processes like that. Okay, the uh, fifth area uh, was about how to price your services. So I shared recently on uh, one of the transport management groups that I'm part of, there's this standard that man transport managers go and ask other transport, well, what do you charge? And um, that's something that's called price fixing and, uh, and isn't right. So we mustn't fix prices. It's very important to consider when you look to go self-employed and go as an external transport manager, you consider what is your time worth and what is your experience worth? Because the thing is, is 
differently to when you're employed in a job uh, where you're you, you kind of exchange your time for money um, transport management is also you need to consider the value and experience that you bring how many how many in, you know how many visits have you had and been experienced as part of with a with a traffic examiner and a vehicle examiner how how much experience and what's your network like have you been through those situations have you got input that you can help to ensure that compliance is maintained and experience that you can have because at that point you may consider yourself more va valuable for example than someone who um, is newer into the business and um, maybe doesn't have that level of experience to bring to particularly a larger operator for example so I would say that I see there's a lot of uniform pricing within the sector but I, I would say I would implore uh, uh, prospective transport managers to consider what you know it's very interesting that I say to people when they're first starting out from a consultancy point of view, well, what is your day rate? And have you considered what that is? You need to think about, there's lots of things that go into the melting pot, but it's along the lines of how much money do you need to earn in a year and work backwards? Are you going to be able to have three days paid work a week or are you going to have four or five? Um, you know, and uh, you know what, what would that role be in a full-time position and, and what level of risk are you exposing yourself to? And there's lots and lots of different things rather than just going on a Facebook group and saying, here up, mate, I've got an operator with three vehicles, what do I charge? You know, there, there's lots of things to consider around whether they're a red operator, what's their history like? You know, uh, are you replacing a, a transport manager that's lost his repute? Has there been a public inquiry? Um, you know, all of these things that are going to take up your time, you need to consider those and those need to go into the melting pot. And actually a, a good operator will understand that you need to have a grown up conversation around how you're going to price your time. Um, so I would say, I, I think my key point there is just to avoid this cookie cutter, my time's worth the same as the next transport manager, the next transport manager. You need to think about what's different about your service and how you can add value. Because um, I think the right operators will potentially pay more they, they the right operators aren't looking for the cheapest transport manager fact you know genuinely um, because I speak to them they're absolutely not looking for the cheapest uh, they're looking for the, the transport manager that will make sure that the job's done properly to make sure that they can help you know if you look at what creates profit in a business it's about making sure that costs are maintained and making sure that risk is is dealt with um, and uh, it's so it's so vital to ensure that actually there's there's so much more impact on a business around you know educating drivers to save fuel when they're driving um, reducing um, churn of drivers as well is a big big uh, big important point which can cost money you know, there, there's lots and lots of these factors so the cheapest isn't always the best and as a, as a sector overall we need to move away from that as well it's about the value you can bring and the different experiences you can bring to the table okay um, and the sixth area was just to consider other income streams as well because you know operators do may come and go um, you know you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket it's very important that you what I call diversify your diversify your risk as a, as a, as a new uh, business or self-employed person depending on which route you're going to go hopefully I explained that well enough a self-employed person is hey I'm here and I'm going to sell my time um, and, and I'm just going to be me and I'm not going to employ anyone as opposed to a business who decides you know what I'm going to grow this business I'm going to employ people we're going to offer additional services but just think about those other income streams from fours for example um, you know there's there's lots that you can help operators with fours there's earned recognition um, and, and being 
provider for end recognition and for audits. There's compliance audits. There's um, there's obviously training as well. Uh, training is another subject with CPC, for example, where um, you know I, we don't buy into this race to the bottom. Thirty-five, forty pound, uh, thirty-five, forty pound a course. It's um, I don't think that serves anyone. I don't think you can put a good quality trainer in a room for for, for that rate. Uh, I think it's very important that we uh, look to improve standards as best we can, and we focus on making sure that we're we're operating in a compliant way and uh, meeting meeting objectives. So, um, yeah, other income streams to consider as well is you know look at your network and look at who you can bring into who who is good quality that can you can bring in to support your operators as well and how you can add value. You know, for example, dangerous goods. Have you got a good dangerous goods advisor, or do you want to become a dangerous goods advisor yourself as well? Um, health and safety professionals, HR professionals, uh, even down to things like GDPR, for example. There's there's lots and lots of considerations of value that you can add to operators, and essentially, if they're looking to have their their, their um, to be able to focus on their core business, which is running vehicles. Um, and, and there's there's a lot of operators out there which actually their core business isn't even operating vehicles it, and and they need someone who has got a specialism in transport and understands the transport sector um, their, their main business might be something totally different and actually the truck is just a byproduct of that operation um, and, and they need your support in that way so just consider uh, consider what other income streams there are because you know like I say you are limited to four vehicles uh, four operators and 50 vehicles and it's unlikely that you'll be full at any one time is, is one of the other things that it's rare that I've, I come across transport managers who are full with four operators all of the time um, you need to just consider uh, you need to consider what else you're going to do but um, hopefully uh, you found that useful if you've got any questions or anything at all uh, do let me know and uh, if you've enjoyed uh, please do subscribe to the flagship channel that'd be great um, and hopefully you know you've enjoyed my uh, no BS approach to becoming a external transport manager and how, how to do that so that's great thank you and take care Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate your time. Please do follow me at Pete Rushmer on LinkedIn or on Facebook, follow Flagship Training UK and you can find us on YouTube too at Flagship UK. Flagship UK.